0: You are Locked On SEC Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome to your Locked On SEC Football Podcast. As always, we are loaded up. A scouting spotlight looks at uh, Florida defensive end Jabari Zuniga, also LSU's Kerry Vincent, a top flight cornerback, wide receiver Anthony Schwartz as well, Prince Winogo, love the name, offensive tackle, and we'll go to Alabama, take a look at Xavier McHenry, and Man, so we got a lot going on. Mississippi State preview as we break down every team with football just right around the corner. And we'll get SEC West predictions. We've got the uh, SEC Media Days coming up. In case you didn't know, the media, since SEC Media Days has started, has done a horrible job of predicting it. So we'll get Chris (laughs) Landry's take. He has... He has some more insight. I want to remind you to go to twillery.com. That's twillery.com. Use the promo code Locked On for $25 off some fantastic shirts. You don't have to iron them. You can wear them untucked. They're really, really nice, soft. You're going to love these shirts. All right, Chris, uh, we're going to get to Mississippi State. We're going to do the scouting spotlight and the whole nine yards. But I have to turn in uh, my uh, SEC West media prediction uh, next week. And I'm, I basically feel good about number one and number seven, and then I get uh, really uh, in the point where I'm arguing with myself. How do you think the s c c West will finish um, this 2019 season?
0: Well, I think most uh, every. By the way, do, in your opinion, do you think it's do you think it's going to be a unanimous Alabama pick, or will they always? Is there always? Because I'm not familiar with it as much. Is there always one? Like, you know, outlander that just, will outsider that would just pick somebody else for the heck of it?
1: they without calling out certain <laughs> colleagues, uh, um, I don't believe you're supposed to be a homer in the media, but there are some that are. Um, so let's just say when Alabama was horrible, Alabama was always picked to win the West, even when they weren't going to. The other team that uh, happens to have a a bunch of homers is uh, Kentucky basketball. Um, They could have years where they were in the toilet and uh, there would be somebody that would predict they were going to win the SEC. Uh, Since Alabama is in the catbird seat, I don't know that we'll see anybody, but it's rarely unanimous. So I'm sure there'll be an LSU in there, maybe an A&M by somebody that wants to say, hey, I told you so. Right. Uh, That's possible, but... Logically, I don't see how you can go against Alabama, frankly.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's going to be overwhelming. I'm just curious to see if it'll be unanimous. And yeah, we might see somebody that just wants to stand out and say, yeah, you know, Alabama's on the decline. LSU's is going to get in or AM. But no, I listen, I uh, definitely, it's Alabama for me. I don't see any scenario. The fact that they're, in my opinion, head and shoulders above everybody else in the West, I think they've got the most favorable schedule. So I think everything is falling in place. Um, I would go, and listen, it is always very difficult. That's why it's wrong so much, because how they look now will look different as the season. I would go with LSU, two, If for no other reason that it could come down to LSU-A&M, and that game is at LSU this year, I would maybe give them a nod. Um, I guess I would, I would go with A&M 3, but I don't know what to do with Auburn, to be honest with you. I could see Auburn finishing two, three, or four, and it'll probably come down to quarterback play. I'd put them four now because I would trust the incumbents at LSU and a and at those positions a little bit better than I would Auburn at this point. But I'd put Auburn's defense up against anybody in this league, and, but they have a difficult schedule as well they, in addition to having to play Alabama and to play everybody else in the West, of course, they got to play their crossover game. They got to play Georgia every year. Whereas if you're, you know, a has to um, LSU does not this year. Uh, Auburn's got to play them every year. So Auburn's got a difficult schedule and it's usually, you know, they usually have it to, to where they, you know, one year they play them all on the road and one year they play them all at home. And you know, this is the year that they get Georgia at home and Alabama at home. Uh, so maybe things will work out. So I'll go Alabama, LSU, and M Auburn. Then, then I think it's pretty easy. I think uh, at that, I think you'd put Mississippi State, and I think Ole Miss and Arkansas bring up the rear. And I, you could make a case. I'll tell you this, Arkansas folks, they are really looking forward to that game, the the September seventh game at Ole Miss. I think they think that's, that's their chance to, to get that first conference win for Chad Morris, and they, they feel like their chances are pretty good. They feel like it's their best chance to win a conference game, and, and they're right, and, and maybe the only one that they'll win, I, I do expect they might surprise somebody, um, but that game could very well decide who's six and who's seven, but I'd give Ole Miss maybe a tad of an edge right now.
1: I don't know what the over/under for Auburn is in terms of wins. I would I would hazard a guess at eight and a half, but I think either one would be a a bad bet, frankly, because they are so unpredictable. I could see, you know, the wheels coming off. I could see uh, Gus Malzahn having success if the quarterback plays good, like you mentioned. So. Uh, I think that would be, in all of sports, uh, for entertainment purposes only, the worst bet you could place uh, there over and under, no matter what it is.
0: Yeah, you think about it. Who has been the most up-and-down team in the conference? It's been Jekyll Hyde Auburn. I mean, th- think about this. The guy that's done the best job in the league going up against Nick Saban is Gus Malzahn, yet yeah, has been... I mean, they're competing for a national championship and then, you know, they're, they're, you know, struggling to go to a decent bowl. It's been, you know, um, a lot now, a lot's going to set the tone against Oregon. It's going to be out of conference. Um, but look, I I could absolutely see them going to A&M and competing and maybe winning Mississippi state, Florida, you know, but I could see them, losing a game that, that might shock us. I mean, would anybody be shocked if they're in that down spiral that you're talking about them getting shocked by at Arkansas, you know, I mean, uh, then you got Georgia. I don't see Auburn beating Georgia or Alabama, but a couple of years ago, I didn't see them beating Alabama. And uh, that was, you know, Alabama had a bunch of injuries and Auburn beat them. Look, the, the kick six game. I mean, I still look at it and say, God, that was a much better Alabama team and man, Florida state, no way they would have beaten Alabama in the championship game, but Auburn got it once. So Auburn has a way of winning sometimes against a better Alabama team. And they usually do it in Jordan Hare. So they get him again, again. So you're right. I, 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 listen, I'm not surprised if they're two and I'm not surprised if they're fifth but I'd plug them right there in at four just because of the uncertainty. So I, I don't know. I'm curious to see how do you think the media will vote them? You think it, it, it'll be Alabama, obviously, you know, maybe not unanimously. But then I would probably say most media are giving LSU the best shot. Do you see it that way?
1: I think so. Um, but, again, I could see a group of, of media members getting on board the a and Thing, yeah. Uh, just because of Jimbo Fisher, right. I, I would predict it would be uh, LSU number two. And and remember this too. I mean, it shouldn't factor into it, but relationships do. And Ed Orgeron is an easy coach to work with. I've covered him, and um, you know, probably people don't know Jimbo Fisher as well since he's only been in the conference for a short time. So I think it'll be LSU. I feel pretty strongly about that, but. Again, we're so horrible in the media at picking. <laughs> who that, cares, right? <laughs> uh, who knows? It could be like South Carolina could be picked to win the West. There was one year that uh, actually Alabama was picked to win the West, but somehow the way they tabulated the numbers, Auburn was picked to win the conference, which that's difficult to do. Yes, yeah, some would say impossible.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, in this day and age. Much- yeah, yeah. So you know it is so yeah it, it'll be interesting uh, and as you said, doesn't mean a whole lot and and because it just comes out to i I'll say this here's what I can say definitively if I'm looking at it as a roster, it's Alabama, it's lSU uh it's auburn, then a m quarterback uncertainty would maybe flip that. Then it's Mississippi State. Then it's Ole Miss. Then it's Arkansas. That's the, the roster. Just, you know, 1 to 85 overall talent. It's what I spent a lot of my time in minutiae on. That's how I see it. But we know the importance of the quarterback. It could make a difference. With Auburn, that's where I think the key is going to be. Defense is going to be salty. I think they'll be able to run the football better. But their ability to be really good or really average and have a disappointing year or a surprisingly good one is going to come down to the developmental quarterback position, and that's going to be the factor. Kellen Mond's going to be pretty good. Jimbo's doing a nice job. Joe Burrow will be pretty good. I don't know how dynamic LSU's offense is going to be. No, I don't think they're going to score 50 or 60 points a game, Joe Burrow. He came out quotedly quoted saying, I wouldn't expect to score 50 or 60 a game. Oh, boy. Um, You know, no, that's not going to happen. But I I see going in more stability. We get a few weeks into the season, you see Auburn's quarterback play, then we can start talking about, hey, you know what? Iron Bowl might be really good again this year in Jordan-Hare, and maybe Auburn is the factor. So I think that there's, to me, I would say this definitively. There's a top four, and then I think there's Mississippi State, which is replacing a lot on defense, trying to improve their offense. And then you got the bottom two. And I'm really worried about Ole Miss and Arkansas. I don't think they're very good at all. And I don't think there's very very many wins for them. And the game against one another is going to be intriguing only because the team that loses it is going to be in worse shape than obviously the team that wins it. And that's all I can say about it.
1: Fair point. Uh, coming up, we'll have a Mississippi State preview as we break down all of the SEC teams. We will also have a scouting spotlight on players from Florida, LSU, Auburn, and Alabama. So stay tuned more after this. You're locked on SEC football podcast. He's Chris Landry of landryfootball.com. I'm Dave Hooker.
0: You are locked on SEC football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: Welcome back. You're locked on SEC football podcast. We've got a scouting spotlight as we're going to break down some of the big names in the SEC. Don't forget to go to twillery.com, use a locked on promo code to get $25 off fantastic shirts. You don't have to iron them. They're super comfortable. They're awesome. Let's start with Florida defensive end Jabari Zuniga. He's going to be at SEC media days. That was announced this week. What do you make of uh, Zuniga?
0: yeah i really like this kid a lot i mean he's uh he's a big time talent i mean he can really move i love his strength dave i love his agility to step over trash he accounted for 45 tackles last year got 11 for loss six and a half sacks um he's strong i mean he can bench press um strength coach tells me you know 30 times 225 uh he's really really good and he's i think gonna be a big factor uh and of course they lose Jusaka polite to the nfl I think he's the key guy this year, and uh, obviously one of the reasons why they're bringing him to talk up to the media. But really good player, and um, this Florida defense, I has I think has a chance to be pretty good again, and it's going to be led up front by Zuniga.
1: Well, Wow, uh, yeah, I've never got to 30 times. So let's go to LSU, Kerry uh, Vincent. Uh, but twenty
0: uh, though, I remember when you got to twenty that time. Yeah, I was impressed.
1: Uh, I think. I think four at, at my best. Um, uh, LSU's uh, Kerry Vincent at uh, cornerback. You have talked a lot about the defensive backs there. They have that tradition. Does he fall in line? He does. You know, he's not doesn't get enough credit in what
0: I think is an uber talented. You hear that? Hanging around you, I'm picking up these words. Uber talented secondary that LSU has. Grant Delpit's great, and you know we know what what LSU's secondary traditionally has been. This guy doesn't get enough credit. They are—he is really, really good. Um, you know, Christian Fulton is outstanding, but um, I, you know, Stingley is going to come in as a true freshman and pray probably start uh, Daryl Stingley Jr. But Kerry Vincent is another long, fast guy that can cover. And what this does, and what they've been able to do for a long time, and Corey Raymond does a good job. He was there when I was coaching at LSU. He's now coaching LSU secondary. They teach them well, but they get up and they pressure with their long strength and long arms and the ability to jam it, and then they can turn and run with these guys, and it allows them to really hunt up front. I mean, they could do a lot of different things with their stunts and pressure packages. Celsius defense is going to be salty, and the secondary is going to be the big reason why for them, and it's going to really allow some showcase players up front to really have a lot of success
1: and I, I was doing some research on this guy uh, Auburn wide receiver Anthony Schwartz and uh there's a headline on YouTube fastest player in college football can he claim that title well uh he maybe I don't know we'd have to get him on a race you know they had a
0: goofy 40 yard dash don't you hear about that the 40 yard dash contest in the NFL and um, done recently, uh, Ted Ginn was behind it. Marquise Goodwin ended up winning the deal. Anyway, maybe we ought to have that for colleges, but you know the whole you know pay for play and all that stuff would probably prevented that. Uh, I Anthony would I think he would be in the mix. Listen, he set the high school record for hundred meter dash guy. Um, you know he's he's you know the guy that uh, John Ross who came out of uh, a couple of years ago drafted by the Bengals. It reminds me a little bit of him in terms of his speed. He's He can go. So fastest in the country, I don't know. He's fast. Um, but he's got the ability to make a lot of plays. I think in their offense, um, he's not a very good route runner, but I think they can work him in the short passing game. I think they can work him. Obviously, if they get that running game going, that downhill power run, and they get people paced and You know, getting that vertical guy, you know, how they like to get those big guys that can run, go vertical, and you got to overload the box with nine guys, and maybe you get a guy playing outside technique and they run a post. And, you know, I could see Swartz making some big time plays. Now, he only picked up like 12 yards after the catch last year. He doesn't know how to really make people miss. He doesn't have great juke speed. He's not a great change of direction guy, but you hit it. He's fast, he's really fast. And I think it's going to gonna be interesting to see how he develops as a route runner because I like this kid, and I think he can be a big play threat for the Tigers this year.
1: Let's uh, stay on the planes. Uh, offensive tackle Prince wanna go I hope I handled yes. that.
0: Yes. Yes. Um, you know, I want to talk about him. I like this kid a lot. This guy's really athletic, and I like the way he's kind of trimmed his body down this offseason. He looks really good. He's going to line up at left tackle, and he's going to be the bell cow guy that's going to – kind of lead this offensive line a little bit, Driscoll on the other side and Harrow and Horton on the inside and Kim at center. They, they've got, I think, a chance to be a pretty good offensive line this year. It needs to be really good for them. But, um, when I go is, is really a good looking player that I think is ready to take the next step. And as a senior, his pro pro future depends upon it.
1: Well, and, and like LSU, Alabama also has a fantastic recent history of producing defensive backs, and Xavier McKinney looks to be another one uh, in that trend. You
0: know, one guy leaves and goes to the NFL, and, you know, it's really good, celebrated. They're excited about him, and the next guy is even better. That's how I see it. Deontay Thompson's a pretty good player. Um, drafted 139th overall last year. Uh, Going to have a really good pro career. I'm telling you, Xavier McKinney is a better player. He is really good coming downhill and defending the run. And boy, is he really nifty in pass coverage. Um, I thought he did a great job as one of the top three in the country at forcing incompletions last year. Um, (laughs) The rich get richer. There's no question about it. Um, Xavier uh, McKinney is, to me, in a group of safeties. Think about the safeties. We talked about Grant Delpert that are outstanding, J.R. Reed of Georgia, Um, just those two in and of itself. I'd line those guys up in the NFL today and be proud of it. And I'm not so sure that Xavier McKinney isn't as good as both of them. There are three of them that I think could line up today and be really good players. I haven't gotten to DeMarcus Acey of Missouri or Miguel Warrior of Tennessee or Daniel Thomas at Auburn or... Guys like that, that that I think can play and play in multiple spots, um, I think, I think the, they've got
1: three elite safeties in this league, and McKinney's one of them. Coming up, we will preview Mississippi State as your Locked on SEC Football podcast rolls on. He's Chris Landry. I'm Dave Hooker. More after this.
0: You are locked on SEC football, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome back. It is your Locked On SEC Football Podcast. We talked about the uh, where we think the SEC West will finish. Of course, Alabama uh, number one, and then it gets uh, pretty muddled after that. Um, Mississippi State, uh, second year, Joe Moorhead. And in terms of of Moorhead, he seemed a little defensive at the SEC spring meetings uh, about some fans that weren't happy. You and I have talked about the expectations at some schools that are way out of whack. Mississippi State would be one of them on the field. What do you expect out of the the Bulldogs this year?
0: I'm going to need your help on this a little bit to kind of put in perspective last year before we go on to the list year. You know, eight and four, uh, disappointing, successful. I don't know um, defensively loaded with talent. We know that they lost a lot of defensive talent to the NFL, you know, off of last year's team. So last year's team really good defensively. Did they waste a good defense with an offense that couldn't score? Yeah. Um, is the offensive problem, the ineffectiveness to run Joe Moorhead's offense because it was not effective enough passing the football. Yeah. Um, is that something that can be corrected in one year? I don't know. So how good of a year was it last year? I mean, it is considered disappointing. Uh, and I guess relative to the defensive players that they had, probably you'd think maybe another win or two was in order if they got anything out of the offense. But And they couldn't score, but what, 13 points a game? Uh, kind of hard to win. I mean, you think about this. They averaged last year seven and a half yards per play in their eight wins they averaged three and a half yards per play in their losses. Now they lost the, 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 the teams that they beat that beat uh, Mississippi state last year, Kentucky, LSU and Alabama kind of understood. Um, but Kentucky had a really good year. Okay. And that's maybe in most years, they beat Kentucky, Florida beat them. I know, you know, Florida lost Florida had an outstanding year, so we kind of know where they are. Um, I mean, that's a, what, a 44-10 and 10 combined record with those four teams? They won three of the four New Year's Six Bowl games. You know, it's not like they lost to anybody bad. They didn't. They lost to all good teams. Should they have been able to beat one of those? I don't know. Were they better than Kentucky? Did they underachieve? Listen, they got to throw the football better, Dave. I, I, you know, I just think that's the key. They've got to be able to score some points, and they've got to be able to move uh, the ball better. Because you know what? This year... They don't have the same type of defense, um, although love their linebackers, love their linebackers. Maybe in terms of a returning group with veteran experience, as good as any in the SEC, Leo Lewis and Thompson and Gay, re- really good group. I think the secondary is pretty good. I like corner. I like safety. We've talked about some of those guys, Um I think they have a couple of guys in Keelan Hill and Nick Gibson that can give them a one-two punch run in the football. Like the size of their offensive line. Um, but, boy, they, they're replacing all four defensive line studs. Um, I don't know about their numbers at receiver, the quarterback situation. So where's the improvement of the passing games going to come? I mean, listen, their defense gave up 13.2 points a game last year, Dave. Dave, that that wins you a lot of games. I mean, you score 14 points, you'll win most of their games they played. They they couldn't hold, their defense couldn't hold some of those teams to that level, and that's how they lost those four. It's as simple as that. The program is in good shape. Joe Moorhead's a good coach, he's a different type of coach than Dan Mullen. The Mississippi State folks are going to have to get a grip of themselves of what he is. If he can't make that passing game get better, then that's that's where I would say, whoa, that's your strength. That's your bailiwick, and you've got to, A, get the personnel in to do it, and you've got to execute that. I think that they're going to do some things. Bob Shoup, uh, obviously, defensively coming back is going to help. They're going to do some things aggressively to have to get pressure. But, Dave, I, I don't see the dominance of defense like they did last year. And I think the offense is going to have to be better. But, you know, I've had people tell me, even coaches say, boy, they missed the boat last year. Okay. You correct me if I'm wrong. They missed the boat, but where? Did they, did they miss the boat against LSU, Alabama, Florida, or Kentucky? I, I don't know. I mean, maybe Kentucky. Kentucky fans would say we had a generational year. All right, so maybe you're supposed to beat Kentucky last year if you Mississippi State. That's one. I don't know that I would say that, that I expected them to beat Florida or LSU or Alabama. I, I don't know. I, I kind of contradict myself, and, and I, too, say, you know what? Could have gotten more out of that team. But you know what it comes down to to me? I thought they were going to go more out of that offense. The defense was great. The defense looked like they were going to compete for the national playoffs, but the offense couldn't score 14 points a game. I mean, that was the big issue. So this year, let's take a look at their schedule, Dave, and walk through with me, I mean, uh, where, where the wins are. Look, they, they open up three straight non-conference game. Uh, Louisiana Lafayette in the Superdome, get a win there. Beat Southern Miss, get a win there. Go to Kansas State, get a win there. Open up SEC play against Kentucky. May, maybe they rebound there. Let's kind of skip ahead, a, skip down a little bit. LSU at home, LSU's more talented. At AM, that's a tough game to win. Alabama, uh, n- let's move on. Um, Arkansas should win that game. Abilene Christian, of course. Ole Miss, they should. All right, so there's seven wins. So there again, at Auburn, at Tennessee, how are those games going to go? That's probably going to determine how many more games other than seven that they win. Do they stay at seven or do they go to nine? Are they right back at eight? Or, you know, do they pull an upset over LSU, a or Alabama? How, how do you see it?
1: I, I would think they would uh, probably, um, you know, it depends with Auburn how their season's going. The 28th,
0: so we'll see where the quarterback situation at Auburn's developed for, for both, but on September 28th is when that game's played.
1: Yep, and... um you know, I would like to see uh, Tennessee a bit. I guess I'm copping out a little bit. I think both of those are coin flip games. Yes. and high, high point. Uh, I could see them losing both. I could see them winning both. I could see them splitting them. At this point, I would say that they would probably uh, beat Auburn um, and probably beat Tennessee. If you made me pick as of June the 11th, I would say they win both of those games, but I don't feel really confident about it.
0: And those are question marks. I agree with you. I got to miss question marks. Both of those games are on the road. So, folks, that's your eighth and ninth wins this year. If Mississippi State has no bumps, they beat Kentucky at home. They, they beat Ole Miss in the Egg Bowl. Um, they don't stub their toe against Kansas State or Southern Miss. It, it shouldn't happen. Um, so that's, that's nine wins. Okay, if is as Dave said, all right, they split those two. They're at eight. Again, that's the only two games that you put question marks by. Because I gotta tell you, though, from where I sit, that's a pretty big win if they're able to beat LSU in Starkville. Go to AM and win. And I think we all know that beating Alabama anywhere, but in Starkville in this case, that that's that's huge upset. So again. I wonder. I, sometimes I hear they get frustrated. Oh well, yeah, I expect. And you and you sit there and listen to these people. And everybody's going to win eight or nine games. They're not. It's not possible mathematically possible. I, I just think that's that's an honest look at where they are. And I think the Auburn-Tennessee games are the swing ones. And listen, we could see them win those two and lose those, or lose those two. And some of the wins, they might have a couple of wins that go the other way, and maybe there's a loss that goes to a win. But 7-9 I, 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 to nine is what I'm thinking, but I'm thinking more like 8. I'm with you. I'm thinking right there in the
1: middle. That is your Locked on SEC football podcast. Don't forget to give us a review on Facebook, and if you have a question for us, you can tweet to Landry Football at Landry Football, or you can tweet to at the Dave Hooker, and we will answer your question on the next podcast. So, want to see those reviews and uh, please follow. No matter what you use, Apple, Stitcher, TuneIn, whatever it may be, Google Play, uh, follow and subscribe. We would appreciate that. He is Chris Landry of LandryFootball.com. I'm Dave Hooker. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a fantastic day, everyone.